Hey, welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith. Joining me as always on the Father Seekers Podcast, the Father Seekers creator, originator, founder, uh, CEO, CFO, <laughs> yeah. uh, chief cook and bottle washer. <laughs> Pastor Barry Edgman, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm really good. It's been yeah. a couple weeks. Yes. I think, uh, truthfully, yeah. and I feel like the weather is always a barometer on this show on where yeah. we are in a timeline, but I know it was hot outside the last time we, yeah. the last time it we was. recorded one of these. It it's was. cold today. It's a little cool. It's it is, breezy. Yeah. Fall, fall is has, has already uh, it has come, was here for 10 days, and yeah. has evaded us. Yeah. So, uh, cool. in the midst of of the the last time we all hung out uh what happened with you what'd you do well i was out of out of town with uh with pastor we uh you know he's a he doesn't he never ever talks about this in public like with people or uh never announces the fact that he's the chaplain of the green bay packers he never he never mentions that and i always go bro Nonetheless, I know why he doesn't do it because he's not a self-promoter. But we had the opportunity to go over and see the Green Bay Packers lose in London. It yeah. was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the most beautiful stadiums I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a football stadium. It's a proper football stadium. Not American football, but yeah, that was uh, t- at Tottenham, right? Tottenham Stadium. Yeah. It's gore, man. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, it's the probably it's probably one of the top three nicest stadiums I've ever been in my life. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, there wasn't a bad seat in the house. Yeah. Like you could see everywhere. The English premier league definitely has some money behind it, huh? Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, uh, I would, I would rival them. I would rival them to the NFL because they're worldwide. Oh, NFL is worldwide. The, the NFL, the NFL is gigantic in the United States. Yeah. starting yeah. to make waves in, in the Europe. World, it's getting big. But yeah. EPL is no. that's, the Premier League. Premier League. No, everyone no. knows that. Who's your premier team? Oh, I like Chelsea. I, I like Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, years ago, they had a they had a, a, a striker named Drogba yeah. on it. Um, yeah. I got I started really liking them uh, during the World Cup where Drogba, I, I think his his knee was screwed up. Yeah. And for his country, he got, went out there and played all the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Like he, he played his heart out. Yeah. And then just uh, with how bad he was injured, um, they they kept, they the, the announcers kept saying in the Chel- the Chelsea I think he was a forward the Chelsea forward yeah. uh, Drogba out there again and it just mm. on sheer sheer grit yeah and then that season I I, I followed uh, Chelsea and then I, I just ended up really liking Chelsea yeah, yeah. you it, me um I, this is a this is a, a paradox but um I, I like Man U and I like Liverpool yeah yeah it's it's you know that's the other side of the coin there but. I like that. Um, Liverpool doesn't like anybody. No, they don't. Yeah, they really so, don't. And so, if you're a now, listener and don't follow EPL, um, I didn't know Barry right. followed EPL. Yeah. I follow EPL. Yeah. I like European sports a lot. I do too. I I love rugby. Yeah. Now, my favorite team in rugby. There's a great book out about them that's called the All Blacks, and they're the guys that come out and they do the the chant, the Polynesian yeah. war chant. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you now. I saw those guys, some of those special forces guys who guarded, who guarded the um, the the forts and impounds over in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'm gonna tell you right now. You see those guys coming? You better haul the other way unless you're ready to die because they will put it on you now. Like yeah, they, they were, they're they're built differently. Have you ever seen that dance they do? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. <sighs> I have, bro. Yeah, they are. They are. They are men that are just built differently. They're they not. Are. They ain't normal shaped men. Well, it's like uh, Bill O'Reilly here. He's just he's <laughs> like yeah, they're, yeah. They're like Bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Billy's like, the same way. They're just, little, little. They're either super big giant people, mm-hmm. or they're little short fire hydrant guys, and and you couldn't knock them over with a Mack <laughs> truck. You just can't. I'll give you that, Bill. Bill is yeah. shit. Yeah, Bill well, is. I will tell you, he's concrete. He is cut like yeah. I'm telling you, man. He he will. He came up and and uh, hugged Pastor Sean son. Day and he picked him up off the ground. He said, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> and Sean, whom loves physical touch, yeah, he's a, <laughs> like he was squeezing breath out of him. Yeah. I've, know, I've known Bill, and and if Bill's listening, I I, I know he does. Uh, I've known Bill, gosh, since we were young teenagers, young young teenagers. I've known him more than half my life, and uh, yeah, he's a he's a good he's a good man. He was a good man back then, a, a role yeah. model, yeah. Uh, an achiever, but he now 
uh, where he is now in his life. He is, yeah. he is the epitome of what you deem a role model. He's a good dude. He's a coach. He coaches yeah. kids. Coaches got, kids yeah. He's got a lovely family. Just, if just, you, if you go to life guy. church and don't know who, 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 the, uh, uh, Bill is Bill Ryan, mm. uh, seek him out. You'll find it. Seek I mean, you'll him. hear him first. <laughs> seek him out. You'll good find dude. it. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of, he's a prayer partner too, and works with kids mm-hmm. and does all that. So, but the, one of the things about the trip that was probably the highlight was, um, and I've been to London several times. I've been to Dublin and um, uh, Belfast and all that. I used to travel over there a lot, taking yeah. kids over on mission trips. And it had been a while since I've been back. But I got to do the, the uh, trifecta bucket list thing. But a fourth, which would make it a quadruple that I was unaware of until I got to it. Uh, the first, The first thing was I got to go to Peterson Pipe, the pipe company in dublin mm, Peters, Peterson yeah, no, pipe. No, i know but I, I, the the look i just gave you is that's your bucket list no that no let me finish that that's like <laughs> i mean that seems kind of if you've ever been to peterson pipe <laughs> but, like but, if you love pipes but, and to, you're each, going but there, to each their own everyone's right, got to like have a hobby got, oh my god yep everyone's so got to have you a go in there and there are pipes in there that that are you know 100 what, what was even great is the exchange rate for for both uh ireland and england was just a few cents different than ours which was like hello mm-hmm. uh but i got a couple of pipes over there and uh i just i just peterson pipe man it just did it for me we went in there two or three times and looked around and they actually what's curious to me about all that is that that pipe shop they had cuban cigars in there yeah you can get them in Europe, but you can't get them in the United States. I don't know why. That's just weird. But it it was it was a proper European mm. store, apartments over the top, town square. It was just really really cool. The second place, obviously, was the Guinness Storehouse. Ah, bro, like where the books are written. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> we went. We toured the Guinness uh, the Guinness factory. It. Very interesting science and the history about that. If you've ever read the book about the Guinness beer and how it was fashioned and formed, mm-hmm. uh, it was formed in England because people were alcoholics, England and Ireland, and people people just drank like crazy. But the Guinness family created this beer that was a good beer, but it it wouldn't you could drink a lot of it and not be an alcoholic. I mean, I guess you could drink enough to be an alcoholic. Mm. But anyway, we toured great history. Right downtown Dublin, uh, hundreds of years old. They they fifty acres of property. It's just yeah. you could oversee the city center. It was it was amazing. And then there's this tasting room up top. You go up top and you could see all three sixty degrees of Dublin in the wow. mountains. Beautiful. Wow. And then the 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 last one was the Jameson Jameson. Um, Irish whiskey place. Seems like you like booze a lot. So your trip was wrapped up by it was. booze and smoking. Well, yeah. That's how someone in, interpret this. But if you, if you've ever been to a distillery and looked at the, just the science of how things are done, mm. it's, it's like, First of all, who's the guy that sat around and figured all this out initially? It was right. my like, question. Walking like, like adding nitrogen to beer gives you the Guinness thing. Like, right. like who, who conjures that up? Who, who, who's the guy that like, <laughs> what kind of sick weirdo thinks about putting nitrogen in liquid? <laughs> I sure don't know, but I'll tell you, it's really good. It tasted good. So you got to taste the product and it was, it was really interesting. And there's some things that Jameson makes, Jameson Irish whiskey makes, you can't buy in the States. Uh, but you can get in, in airports and other parts of Europe, but it's just interesting. Just the family history. Like these, these are hundreds of year old family businesses that, and to know that, to know that the history that a family lived this out for years and they're still living it. Like matter of fact, the Guinness factory, they have a 9,000 year lease. <laughs> on the property and they're only into it 250 something years so it's like it's still who's a, the brilliant guy that brick and mortar that still. struck <laughs> that deal he is truly a realtor so the the just the history and then if you've ever been to dublin if you've ever been to uh belfast or london any of those places it's quite intriguing to know that for for most uh, or a good part of america 
at least the Anglos anyway, that's, that's where we rebelled and ran away from and, you know, did our thing. But there's just a lot of history there. It's yeah. a lot of, there's more good history there that we really aren't taught in school. And there's good things there. Yeah. And, and it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I, I'm from there. My heritage is anyway, uh, Scotch Irish. And I just, you know, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. But getting to just to be there and mm-hmm. to be around it yeah. and do the bucket list thing. Yeah. Now, the fourth, I didn't know. I had no idea until we actually got there. But uh, you remember Sean Booth? Uh, he has church in uh, yeah, just course, outside of, of D- Dublin. Of yeah. course I do, yeah. yeah. So we met him for dinner, and he says, guys, why don't you meet us for dinner? We're going to go to this place called Black Forge. And I thought, oh, that's, that sounds really good. Like, it's down down, uh, down in Dublin. I believe it's in the south side. Well, okay, so so geographically, and this is just a quick question. How big is Dublin? Dublin? Like, can compare it to a city in, in the United States that all of us would know, preferably, uh, compared to a city in Wisconsin that we would probably all know. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think there's one. It's huge. It's huge. It's very like, huge. Geographically, how big? Geographically, um, I don't know geographically, but there's a couple million people there. A couple million? Like, there's huge. And so, then London's 11 million people. So London is yeah, 11 so million. 11 million people, and to put that in comparison... Uh, uh, New York is is ten and a half ish, right? On any given, so day. you're talking so London, like, New York, like it's like New York, right? Yeah. London, uh, a couple million people. I I know uh, Milwaukee always teeters on the yeah. right around one million. Yeah. Chicago is a several million. Yeah. So you're you're talking Dublin's probably Chicago, but with more uh, geographical square square miles. And the beauty is that it's all old. Like we were looking at buildings, Pastor and I were looking at buildings. We we're saying. Bro, this building is older than America. Like, oh this, yeah, this, yeah, and that's the thing too. This, that the takeaway from is that America is such they're like they're infants. They're, they're infantile most of the time, but will, they're infants. I mean, so 200, 200 years, two hundred plus years is that's that's a decent for uh, uh, a reign of the world. Mm-hmm. So if we if we believe America is has been the top dog for mm-hmm. hundreds of years, which technology. Uh, uh, our army, our mm-hmm. infrastructure would mm-hmm. would have you believe that America's right up there. Yeah, <clears throat> they, general regimes like that don't last terribly much longer than the two fifty, right? Yeah, I think it's the grace of God for America. But really. but to think yeah. of it, like in the in the worlds of England, like mm-hmm. like you said, like like Guinness has, has been in there for as long uh, as uh, long as the over two hundred fifty sixty years they've been in that one as spot. long as the United States right right and right. The, and they still would probably consider themselves in the in the history of of Europe like oh we're just a young company yeah you know we're at best I'd say America's like t- teenagers they just always break yeah. up parties and they're like come on guys yeah. we know what we're talking about and, it, yeah. and the rest of the world's like sit down you're sit like down, a thirteen year old kid yeah. just sit, sit you down. don't know any just sit yeah. down yeah uh, it's really interesting there because. London, of course, England is, is they Brexited out and they're, they're no longer EU, which, which it was, it was really interesting to see that with the change in the money and, and the way that things work, but it was just a great trip. But the, the last place we went to is a place called Black Forge and that was Colin McGregor's restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the picture of you and Pastor yeah, there. Yeah. Amazing food. Very simple. We we got our pictures made. Amazing food, very simple. Yeah, yeah. It was. You get this a steak on a stone. It's three hundred fifty degrees. It comes out, and oh. you can cook it to your liking. Like you could. It was literally cooking while you ate it. Yeah. But like, pastor warms his meat up and then eats it, so it was perfect for him. But yeah. you know, it was. And then typical Colin McGregor, mushrooms, tomatoes, French fries. That's it. Well, that's, all you, really, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all you need with it. Yeah. I, I, I like uh, f- fries. Um, and it, oh, <clears throat> if you slice tomatoes just on the side. They did. It was. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, and some mushroom. It was so mushroom, good. I'm not a mushroom guy. Yeah, but it was it was so good. And then there was a guy that owned the bar, owned the pub for 35 years, and Colin McGregor bought it from him. And um, and And he runs the place. And he gives you a tour and talks. So he took us out on this patio thing and- we got to make pictures with the belt that he won oh, in his yeah? first fight. Now, we all know that it it's the replica or a a 
legitimate real deal replica yeah. but it it was really like it was real deal so we all got pictures made with it and it was really cool like i'm under the impression too if you win a super bowl ring you can get as many made as you want you well just, that's true just i didn't money. know that i didn't know this but board members for the for the green bay yeah. packers get get yeah. so my buddy uh my buddy's mom worked in the offices as it, it, it it's like she wasn't like doing like picking players for the roster. Like mm-hmm. she was just like, you know, she would just, she, the, her job was, you know, your typical, this is a business. Mm-hmm. I do this in the business and she got herself a ring, yeah. you know? And then from what I gather from that experience is that the employees get rings, but they get them at super discounted price. Right. So if I remember correctly, I think his mom, like it was like 200 bucks yeah. and you're like, yeah, you got to do that. Right. But yeah. But sure. Yeah. Everybody added to it, made it, but, uh, it was just a, it was a neat experience. It was one of those trips where I thought, man, I wish this, I wish the boys were over here with me. Like it would have been a guy's yeah. trip. It would really, yeah. really have been a great guy's trip. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's, what's, oh, what's my bucket list? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, what's your bucket list? <laughs> my bucket list, I, I would, I, of similar to yours, uh, I want to go to Europe, mm-hmm. but I want to go to Italy in particular. Mm-hmm. And I want to, in particular in Italy, I want to go to the Mugello race circuit. There you go. And I want to go to a race at yeah. Mugello, like a yeah. Formula One or mm-hmm. MotoGP race. I'm a yeah. European, I'm a, I'm yeah. a, I'm a European sports lover, yeah. but the Mugello circuit is in uh, the Tuscany Hills. Mm-hmm. So like you hear an Olive Garden commercial, like, oh, in the Tuscany yeah. Hills. Like, so like th- this gigantic franchise of a restaurant mm-hmm. based, like it's as good as that. They're comparing the best Italian pasta to mm. those hills. Yeah. And I want to enjoy the food. I want to go to a race, but say, yeah, same thing. I want to, yeah. I, I, I have never been to Europe. I really would love to go. It's um, cool. If, if the Packers play next season, maybe, maybe pass. Uh, they're not going to go. They're not playing <laughs> next year. Uh, they, we lost a home game because we played over there. Um, uh, and right now we need all the home games we can get obviously clearly, apparently. Yeah. So, okay. Boo, boo so, Two weeks ago, I, I think we, yeah, we've been two weeks off on recording. Yeah. Uh, we finished a series. Uh, if, if you didn't listen to that series, I would say go back and listen to it. It's a three-part series. The mm-hmm. one before that, I think, was a five, yeah. three, two, three, three. three-part series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did like three parts for a while. Three, three. Um, we are going to start doing one-offs here for uh, for the uh, immediate future. And so we are having a one-off episode this week. Uh, what's the title of that episode? The, this week is The Power of Gratitude. Uh, yeah, I'm doing some side work on on a little thing I'm doing, and I got distracted with with gratitude, like um, distracted with gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you yeah. doing, gratitude? Uh, <laughs> where yeah, did you where show have up? You been? <laughs> yeah, you're really getting in my like, way. <laughs> there are there are people in my life, like close to me, who say, "Bro, you need to smile more." And I said, oh, "I am smiling. Like, I just don't <laughs> smile like you." It's like, so I, I started thinking about the gratitude thing, and I thought, you know, as you, as you look at this and begin to dig into it a little bit. The, the whole, Jesus was a very, very thankful person. He thanked God a lot. He was, he, you know, I can't read and can't remember a place where Jesus thanked any human, but he thanked God a lot, mm. right? So in, in the word, you know, in our culture, in our world culture, if you look up gratitude, it uses the word thankful. But if you look up thankful in the dictionary, it uses the word gratitude. So they're sort of they're sort of interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is that I think sometimes we just we we make like if I if I thank somebody for like a server in a restaurant, hey, thanks for thank you for that. Or I'm thanking them for something they did for me that I received benefit from. Uh, gratitude similar, like, you know, you didn't have to do that, but I appreciate you doing that. Not necessarily a server, but I'm grateful for this. I'm not, not necessarily something that I've received or a service I've received or some gifting, but I'm, I'm like, I told someone today, I said, I'm really grateful for you. Like that person has been a consistent in my life, a voice. And I said, you know, I'm grateful for you. And because of their, because of their influence and their impl- what they stand for and how it pushes me forward. So the words are sort of interchangeable, like to a degree, they're used at least to define each other. And I've always been taught and understood that you can't use the same word to, to define a word. Like, you, yeah, you can't use its own word to define a word. I right. thought that was. Right. You can't use, like, you can't use 
thankful. You can't use thank in the definition of thank, right? So it's sort of that way with this word, but this is the article that caught my attention in my research. And it was by Psychology Spot. The five risks that ungrateful people face, ungrateful people face. Five 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 risks. Risks risks like the board game. Yeah. I'm not good with that. That ungrateful people face. And I never okay. thought about. And where, where, where was this? Where, where'd you get this? Psychology spot. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, I've never thought about what damage being ungrateful is to a person. Okay. All right. I've never thought, I've always thought about the benefits of, uh, of the benefits of being grateful or thank you, or how, how being grateful for somebody is, is a blessing to them. Like when I say blessing, I'm blessing that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm thanking them. I'm being grateful for their relationship in my life and mine with theirs and in that input. So when you think about it in a positive light, that's one thing. But when you think about not being grateful or not, not being thankful, there's a risk to it. To it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's so, so let's tear into those. Um, I will. I will say this: when I came uh, to God, uh, there was a, a spiritual mentor I had, and he often used the word "attitude of gratitude." Attitude of gratitude. It's, it's so old, but it's attitude so good. Of gratitude. And and when I would face adversities, and I would go to him for counsel, uh, and he'd be like, "How's your attitude? Yeah. Is, it, is it an attitude of gratitude?" Because if right. it and and the, the the moral of that story is that almost every problem that I manufactured for myself is remedied if I have an attitude of gratitude, yeah, you know, all of my, uh, the thing, the frustrations, the, the things that get in my way, which is myself a lot mm-hmm. of the time, mm-hmm. if I'm more grateful for my circumstance, it is very difficult to complain while you're being grateful. So no, that being truth, said, truth, I want to hear the five because so, I want to see if this, uh, if that, if that old age, uh, yeah. uh, coined, coined verse, you know, I've thought about that a lot and, um, um, I've thought about, it cause I've heard it all my life, but you know, in, in Philippians, Paul writes, have this attitude in you that Christ had in himself, mm. that although he was God, he lay, he emptied himself, he kenosis, he emptied out his his mm. godliness, but he was 100% God, 100% man. In other words, he laid aside his rights as God to become like us so that he could lead us through. Okay. The attitude, the word attitude there actually means spirit. Have this spirit in you. So if we take your attitude of gratitude and we say Mm. this spirit of gratitude, if we redefine that, if we say, if we add to that wonderful saying, we say, have a spirit of gratitude about you. But here's number one. Okay. For me, I'm going to see if each one of these pass the litmus test of attitude of gratitude. Okay. Well, here we go. Number one, uh, number one risk for being uh, ungrateful is chronic unhappiness. Mm. So <laughs> I, we, we're going to lean right on it. If I have an attitude of gratitude, will I not, will I be happy? You will find, I will be happy. You will yeah. find yeah. happiness. That, that works. All right. That checks the right. box. Let's, right. let's, digest, right. let's break that one down. So when you talk about being unhappy, unhappiness is, is a contagious disease caused by chronic deficiency of gratitude. <laughs> All right. So box check. It's a box check. So that would, so, when you talk about when you I've I've met people literally I've met people who when I see them coming I either want to throttle them mm-hmm. because I don't want to hear their mouth or I go the other way. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not a throttling guy. I am the opposite of a throttling guy. Yeah, I'm actually I, I I'm, just I'm a I'm a listener and, and like a uh, like, like in my head I, I I always think the best of humanity, yeah. which is probably my fault in a lot of instances because it sounds like you you don't you monkey around too often mm-hmm. with with the, the follies of mankind, but me, I'm like always optimistic about it, but because of the optimism on it, it means I'm stuck in conversations. Literally I'm stuck in conversations that are not yielding fruit that are unhealthy. And I'm just like, Oh, yeah. you want to take a shower afterwards? Yeah. That kind of thing. Like you feel gross. Gross yeah. is the word I use. Yeah. I, I liken it. You know, I had a conversation with a guy the other day and 
I will listen to people until I get full, and then my 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 steam valve pops off. So I popped off at this guy really good, like really hard. And I don't pop off on people. So I, that is my fault too, because I'm like a oh. But I held it. Keep talking. But I held it for 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 long enough, and I just try to be kind. Try to be, so after like six or seven, I just popped off on him really good, and I said, "You know what? I said you could be a likable guy." You could be a good man. You could, it's an, he was an old dude. And I said, you, you could be that old man that sits around and young guys want to sit around you just to be around you. And you could have influence in their life, but nobody likes you <laughs> and nobody wants to be around you. How do you, you receive that? Good. Yeah. Good. He got into journey and wholeness. High risk, high reward sort of with, with yeah, talking it like was that. either, <laughs> either I, here's what I said to him. I said, man, you got to change. I said, I said, you could be this here, this, you could be this, but you're this. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? He said, I want to thank you for, for doing that and telling me that he said, nobody's ever told me that. I said, well, I believe in you. I believe, wow. I believe that you could be this guy Yeah, because God can do that in you. And one of the fruits about that is, is that when, when we're grateful people, uh, People who are unhappy challenge us. They they challenge me, but for some people, some people have empathy for them. Now, on occasion, I'll have empathy for people who are just unhappy. If they tend to be chronically unhappy, I uh, don't have time for them. But if they're just unhappy because they're going through something, I sure want to be there for them because I know that, that on the other side of that, there's a gift that they have called joy that's just not been unveiled to them because they're unhappiness. And you got to dig and find out why people are unhappy. If they're just unhappy because they've always been unhappy and they don't want to be happy, you know what? You're not my guy. But if you're unhappy because you went, been not just you've gone through, but you've, you're going through something difficult and you need somebody to come walk alongside you. If I'm not your guy, I'll find a guy for you because people, people, if they're chronically unhappy, Things are going to happen not only to their relationships with people, but their relationships with their mind and their body. People who are unhappy tend to have this loop of chronic unhappiness going around. And if you've done any reading in medical books or any medical journals, you know that people who are unhappy tend, if they get ill, tend not to heal as quickly or at all. Mm. If they're unhappy, there's a tendency for them to fall into depression. If you're unhappy, then there are chronic illnesses that can happen to your life. And the, the danger is not, not all that. The danger is that, that you feel permanently dissatisfied. Mm. Like there's no, yeah. Like when people, pastor Sean, tells me all the time still and i feel like i smile more than i used to (laughs) but he says bro you gotta smile more you just gotta smile more (laughs) pastor sonny says you gotta smile more it it takes it takes less muscles to smile than it does to not i do but i say (laughs) but i'm smiling and and then for a while after he started telling me that i would start smiling in the mirror trying to practice smiling it's like have you ever tried to practice (laughs) smile it's like like oh my god that weird smile in the in the mirror that's like like, <laughs> like a weird clown smile. So I'm I'm to a smirk now, which is better than the better than the other. Like uh, somebody said the other day, when you're in a meeting, all you do is sit and stare at people. And I said, no, that, that's yeah. well. What do you do? do I'm listening. But when you're when you're chronically unhappy, you you separate yourself from good people. Yeah. Like yeah, there's good. I think some people who who are chronically unhappy have just been wounded so deeply and they don't have relationships around them pulling forward, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Like, like, I think about the guys, again, referring to our Thursday night thing. There's some guys in there that were about to jump off the top of a building a year ago, and now they're, yeah. huh, yeah. well, that's not the same guy. Yeah, it's not the same guy. It's, yeah. It's an upward uh, ascension. Like if we yeah. are, we are never, we are never as, as men ever. And I'll say this for women too, we're, as human beings, we're never in one position. You're either going backwards or forwards. Right. You're right. never, you're never stagnant. Right. And our, 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 our growth in Christ, our walk with Christ, uh, 
you, we don't, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. You have to either keep going forward or you're going backwards. Yeah. Even if you don't realize it, if you think you're standing still, when you're standing still, you're actually just going backwards. Right. And so you, you have to, you have to aspire for that. You don't accidentally yeah. walk with Christ. No. You know, it's not, no. it's not accidental. Well, you don't, you don't accidentally walk with anybody. You choose to correct everybody in the world is a disciple of somebody. Yeah. Like That's whoever good. you're That's around, <laughs> whoever right. you're around, you become like, yeah, you, it's, right. You're, yeah. They, you're, you're, you're reaping what you sow. Right. So it's, if you're, if you tend to be around unhappy people, then you're going to be unhappy. If you tend to be around, you know, some people, I know this for a fact. I know that some people are afraid to be happy because they've never been happy. And, and if you, if you drill down, they're too proud to say, I've been unhappy all my life. I want to be happy. They're yeah. just too proud to say yeah. it. Pride, pride's the, the great, the pride's the great demoralizer. The, 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 the cause of the, the source, the pool that all sin comes from is fear. And the, mm-hmm. the fuel for all sin is pride. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Satan fell because of pride. Right. You know, right. That's, that's, that's it. Right. When, when the angels, when the angels followed him, they were prideful. Yeah. You know, he just can, the angels that followed the devil are just convinced that they're on the right side. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily when you, when you look biblically at that, it's not necessarily that, that they're evil dwellers, but they're, they were convinced by a lie yeah. that God isn't God. He doesn't have their best interests out for him. He yeah. doesn't even care for him. Yeah. And the devil said, I care for you. Yeah. I'm as powerful as him. And they just bit into well, uh, a lie. Yeah. Again, deception. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing about happiness is that I believe this. <clears throat> I believe that, you can be a miserable person and jump to joy with Jesus. I believe you can do that. I, I know you can. Uh, but, I was. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think it's a lot easier in in your life if you go because comparatively, if you're a happy guy, if it moder, moderately happy, or you find some sort of happiness in life, it's a lot easier to perceive. Wait a minute, I'm happy now, but if I enter into this call called relationship that Jesus is calling me to, I can have more than this. I can be, I can be joy that happy circumstantial, but joy comes from within. I'm going for joy. Yeah. Uh, when I, so I'm a, I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic. And when, uh, when my sponsor early on would, my, cause my life improved so, so dramatically, mm-hmm. so quickly. Yeah. And every time I hit a milestone, three months clean, six months clean, mm-hmm. nine months clean, one yeah. year clean. The one thing that my sponsor always told me was, ah, you, you think you know something now, huh? Mm. Yeah. Life, life's good. But man, when I hit one year, he said, get to two years. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to start knowing some stuff. Right. And then life's going to start really. And then when I hit two years, you'd be like, oh, you think you know something now, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, oh, bro, right. you should get to three years. Because when you get to three years, yeah. that's when your life starts blowing right. up. And sure enough, it was kind of like, it's a coy joke. And so you hit five years, you hit 10 years. And now I've, I've been sober uh, uh, by the grace of God, 20 right. years. That's amazing. And my life is, oh my gosh, light years yeah. ahead of, it was three months in, six months in, nine months in. And the more insight I have, the more peace I have, the more rewards I have. The, I, I still, every, every year, it's like, oh, you think you yeah. know something? You got 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Wait until you get to 21. Right. That's and and I I live by that because it it for my life the the litmus test in my life is the last twenty years every I I can say there are days I step back mm-hmm. like there's days I, I I go backwards in my growth but when I look at it from a more of a over the top look down mm. uh, the topographic map of my yeah. life it's it's you it's uncomparable yeah. You know, when it's like when I years ago, I used to study martial arts and my instructor would say, oh, yeah, you got to yell about you, you, you know, just enough to get you killed right now. Yeah. You know, it, right. that was a line I always heard too. You know, just yeah. enough to be stupid. Yeah. Just enough to get you arrested. That's mm-hmm. all you know. You know, yeah. just yeah. enough to be dumb. <clears throat> there you go. So I think with Jesus, when we do this, we, we explore this, this, this happiness, this joy piece is that we're learning orienteering where like. You start out in the flatlands, but then the Lord takes you on that walk of Emmaus. He takes you to a higher place. Number two is this. One of the risks of being ungrateful is that you are always tied to trauma. Trauma, let me rephrase, drama begats trauma. So if you're always tied to trauma, 
then your life is going to always have drama in it. And here's is is everyone tied to trauma in some form or fashion? Uh, yeah, I, I think, think so. that's no. a very that's a very yeah that's a very but, accurate but, assessment. But if you but but if you learn to address trauma for what it's worth uh, as a learning experience and not a final destination, and not a crutch and not a oh woe is me kind of thing, then then we learn with tools to move forward. Wait a minute. This is what's causing this trauma in my life. And and pro- part of the problem, part of the problem is that when we when we self assess ourselves and we begin to look at ourselves and we begin to say, uh, "I'm this way because," we create this uh, this whole pool of psychological traumas in our lives. And and several studies have shown that when we feel grateful. And we're thankful in different conditions, not just the one that you mentioned a while ago, not just the ups, but when we're grateful and thankful in all of these, we can find the silver lining. Then the, the, we begin to look at life in a healthy fashion. And then trauma is minimalized because we don't let it. Trauma trauma is always bigger than it really is. That's the, that's the lie of the enemy. He always makes trauma bigger than it really is. Like in the garden, he got Adam and Eve to look at the one tree with the one fruit, but they had the whole garden and all these hundreds of other trees that they could eat from, but he focused their attention on that one tree, that one fruit. Mm. And he even got Eve to admit to it. Which was a fig. Well, I don't know what it was. All I know is he's a liar. That's what I know. Pastor Dallas came back from Israel, and he had a a ripe discussion with with his guide, and he goes... Odds are it wasn't an apple. It was a fig tree. I, I, would, I would agree to that. Yeah, the fig. fruit. Yeah. 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 We just, some American dude, like in the 1611, King J. Oh, that had to be an apple. Like yeah. Isaac Newton. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, apple. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was likely a fig. I would, I, I don't would, know if that advances that. this episode anyway. Yeah. Or- <laughs> it's more, more fodder for people to get distracted with. But the, the benefits of, 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 of reassessing, like, where we are in this trauma, like, have I, have I moved forward? Gratitude, gratitude is an antidote to negative emotions. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right? Yeah, I agree with that. Right. It's easy, in our culture, it's easy to have negative emotions. Our culture is a negative culture. And in fact, people, people, I've learned this, people have gratitude about the things that benefit them most based on their vision of who they are, who they understand the world to be, who they understand people to be, and who they understand God to be. That they're grateful based on yeah. on what benefits them, not what actually is. It is very difficult to be envious and jealous when you're full of gratitude. There's no doubt. It's it's almost impossible. Well, well, envy, envy. When if I'm so distracted with envy, I'm creating for another guy. I'm 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 creating trauma for myself because. As we learned in Journey to Wholeness, j2w.org. <laughs> As we learned there that that um, trauma is just, in general, unmet expectations. Yeah. So if, if I'm going through life and I'm having all these unmet expectations dictate my joy and my happiness in my life, then, my God, I'm going to be a miserable person. Always. Number three, more mental disorders. If I'm If I'm not... If I'm not a, a person of gratitude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to increase mental disorder in my life. Depression, anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Anxiety yeah, disorder. Yeah. Not, not that you need to be institutionalized, but when we talk about psychological issues, disorders, mental disorders, anxiety disorders and mental disorder. Depression, a, it's a disorder. And different types of phobia and people who eat too much and don't eat enough and and falling into addictive behaviors, which you've done and I've done, it's like gratitude takes you, it, it puts your vision on something bigger than who you are. And then you have to ask the question, who's the source of what's making things so good in my life? Yeah. It's not me. Who's doing it? I'll say that in my litmus test of the attitude of gratitude, uh, I, I'm a person that does suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. And suffer from it is is the apt word because it it uh, it just pops up, yeah, unexplicably and out of nowhere. Same. Uh, but the remedy to it is the more grateful I am, 
the mm. more humble I am, depre- those seasons of depression shrink. Right. They, they don't ever disappear. In my I don't know if it's ever going to disappear. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that the human race has bouts of depression. I think more people than like, yeah. they like to admit have bouts of depression, but they yeah. mask it in other things. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Depression is a good thing. It's not a bad thing unless it's long-term. Depression is actually depressing your emotions, depressing your mind so that you can stall out mm. and get a breather. You can relax. Hold on. What's what? But people fall into depression and stay there for long periods of time. Like for me, I can tell you that when I get tired, I get depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally, I, I get depressed. Like crawl in a cave, stay away, don't want to be around people. Yep. But what, why am I doing this? Yeah. What, I'm what, exhausted. Oh my God. I'm not even good at this. Yeah. Igor or Igor. No, no, that's another movie. Uh, Eeyore. Yeah, Winnie Eeyore, the, the, the Eeyore, donkey. Yeah, it's like, woe is me. So so I think then there's parts of that depression that I can control. But but how many people have you or I run into or that we've talked to on a regular weekly basis that generalize, generally, quote, quote, end quote, generally speaking, have anxiety disorder? They just get anxious over anything. I get anxious. I do. But I think if we begin, like I've been doing this lately, breathe it like, hold on. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm the devil. The devil himself will make things in our lives bigger than they actually really are. Like I get under pressure with schedule and then I have to step back with all the things going in my life. I have to step back and say, wait a minute. In my mind, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is going to take me X amount of time. When I step back and actually look at it, take the emotions out of it, and I go, wait, that's not going to take that long. So I jump into it, get it done, and move on. And then I feel this sense of accomplishment. What I'm saying is that we can control a good portion of anxiety in our lives. We can control a good portion of depression in our lives. Yeah. By just taking care of ourselves or being around people who who are of the same mind that we are, not unhappy, but moving toward this if I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to understand that I've got to live like Jesus and I'm going to experience the same things Jesus did. When I, when I go into the game knowing that my walk is not going to be easier or better than his, then not comparatively speaking, like this, is, this song always sticks in my mind. I don't know why. I'm not saying Jesus liked Errol Smith. I'm just saying this song sticks in my mind. Walk this way. Loving an elevator. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Sick. Walk this way. And and I always I always think of two things. Like when I hear that song, Walk This Way, is Young Frankenstein when, when Igor said, Walk This Way, and he walked weird down the steps. But I also think when, when Jesus, on the road to Emmaus, he just sneaked up on the disciples and he just started walking with them. They didn't know, he, they didn't know who he was. was. But when we begin to understand, like when I'm walking after Jesus— if I step in his footsteps, Peter says, stepping where he stepped, walking as he walked. If I understand, wait a minute, the world hated him, it's going to hate me, but there's great joy and I can do this for the Father. Then it levels out that anxiety piece. It levels out the trauma piece. It levels out the depression piece. It levels out, you know, really, this is not as big as I'm making it. It's really okay. Jesus has already been here. He's going to help me through it. Yeah. I, I so I am a person that in large groups of people I'm anxious. Um, I, I like I usually have my back to the wall. When I go to a restaurant, my Me wife too. my wife even knows that I I have to have my back so I can see the door. Yep. Um, I, I don't like eating in the middle of a restaurant. Nope. Like it just makes me these small little corks make me anxious. Uh, you know what? It's not. It's not. You know, I don't think it. I don't think it's that. I think. I think when I go into a restaurant. I step in the door, step the side, look around, mm-hmm. check do, out the people, I do find the, the exits. I do the same. Keep my back to the door. I do the same. And then I'll watch. And I've always got my head on a swivel. People that walk in? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I do I'm always sizing them up. Yeah, me too. Who is that guy? Can Is there trouble? Can I get my, my friends, <laughs> my loved ones, my, my groupies same here? Thing. Can same I get thing. them out the door? Yeah. If this happens, I think part of that is not anxious. I think it's just being prepared in our culture today. If you've had any firearms training, you know, you know, that's, that's what you do. I have all of those things. And I, you know, I think that would be an interesting, an interesting study that 
because I think you and I respond the same mm-hmm. in scenarios. I also, I, I, um, I, I'm an introvert by nature. Mm-hmm. I'm not an extrovert, which you'd think hosting several podcasts mm-hmm. and being mm-hmm. a, a face at a, a large church would make me an extra. I'm very much an introvert. It takes all of my energy to, to, to do these things I do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when I have to be in groups of people, yeah. um, and I have to, I mean, that's just part that's, of the gig. That's part I, of the gig. Like I, it's tough for me sometimes. And, uh, and, but I'll tell you w- w- to bring this back to gratitude is that when I'm very, when I'm in an attitude of gratitude, when I have, I, I just trust, I trust God more mm-hmm. and to snap me out of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I mean, I, 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 as a touring musician prior to, uh, leading a worship band here at life church. I, I, I did a lot of shows. I toured the country. Mm-hmm. I probably, you know, realistically estimate about, I've played maybe 2000 shows. Mm-hmm. So I, I put, put, put a guitar on, yeah, played 2000 times. And there are moments where I still, I still get butterflies. I still get a little yeah. anxious, but yeah, there are other times where because of the large amount of, like people, because people kind of freak me out sometimes. Yeah. That that's the only actual place when I'm when I'm holding a guitar and worshiping. It's the only it's the only time when everything disappears. You know, the butterflies that you feel now are respect for the gig. It's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, it's not. That's one hundred percent the same. Yeah, it's respect I, for the gig. I, I've played. I've played in front of thousands upon <sighs> thousands of people a night, mm. and uh, and one would think, oh, you should be scared for that. No, mm-hmm. I think the 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 biggest butterflies I've had were uh, sitting side stage. Uh, when the countdown's going on. Yeah. That, or, um, like for me, I think most people who know me know that I'm an amnivert. I believe that's what you say. It. Like put me on a stage. I'll become an extrovert. Take yeah. me off the sca- stage. That's how I am. I'm in the green room. That's really how I am. Stay away. Yeah. That's yeah, how I'm not stay away, but cause I, I tap into the extrovert, but it, yeah. it's so, it, it takes a lot of it fuel drains. to, to run does. that engine. Yeah. And it so does. on Sunday at one o'clock when I get home, I, there, there are a lot. I'm, I'm like, yeah. I, 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 I say this to my wife a lot. I, I've said all of my allotted words for the day already. Right. I've, my, right. my throat is not ready or willing or even able right. to talk anymore. Right. Yep. I think what's interesting though about respect for the gig is that, is that there's, I heard um, a motivational gal on TED Talk one time say, when you get anxious or nervous about a gig, channel that into positive energy like i'm getting to do this right now I'm like grateful the gratitude to, I, I'm, I'm grateful yeah. like sean yeah. preached a sermon months ago pastor sean preached a sermon months ago uh maybe a couple of years ago about i get to oh, yeah the get yeah, to yeah. i get to do this yeah. i get to do that i get to and then when we take that and and put the gratitude umbrella over i get mm-hmm. to serve god and his people yeah. So this little thing going on in my life is really not that big. Mm-hmm. So what if I lose everything? Yeah. God's going to give it back. He did it to Job. Why would he not do it to right, me? Like right. it's, we make, we make traumatic, we make traumatic distractions and detours for ourselves that will take us off course. Number four, the reason one of, one of the risks that people have ungrateful people is they're condemned to despair. Uh, define the word condemned or give me a, a condemned. layman's term of condemned. condemned. Yeah. Uh, if you go downtown Detroit mm-hmm. and you drive through certain neighborhoods, sure. there was once a beautiful house there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, functioning, gorgeous, well-designed, amazing. But over the years, lack of use, lack of people living in it, lack of human activity, lack of care. It had to be condemned to be called it's because it's fallen too far from its original design to be functional anymore. That is brilliant. I didn't think you were going to go away of real estate. Uh, if you are condemned, is there any coming back from it? Yeah, you can always go in and remodel. Anything can be remodeled can if you've you got the money. Or do you need to demo? Uh, Destroy it, the foundation and build it back Depends up. on how much money you got. Yeah. So I right. guess if, if we take this to a personal thing, sometimes we need to, that building was condemned. The The soil yeah. is still good, but the foundation is terrible. Right. So you, that, we need to demo sometimes, this thing and build it back yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also say condemned. There's two sides to that condemned word. The condemned that we just talked about is there's restoration available, but condemned like a condemned murderer, you're condemned to die. 
when when I talk about being condemned to despair, the article speaks of, it is talking about creating a self-fulfilling prophecy where you are so sold into what you are saying. You're believing your own press yeah. that now every word that you speak is now becoming prophetic for your life. Proverbs 18 says that out of uh, our mouth comes words of life and death, and he, who's, he, he, will, he who speaks will reap the harvest thereof. Yeah. So if I'm speaking life about myself and I'm speaking life about other people, then, then I'm going to harvest that. But if I'm speaking death and I'm, I'm speaking negativity and, and hatred and hurt, then I'm going to reap that harvest. If I'm, I have people in my life in my close circle of people who never say a positive word about themselves for their future. And guess what happens? They stay the same. Their narrative is the same. They, they're stuck in a rut. And when you talk to people like that, they have believed their own narrative for so long Yeah. that now for them to believe a new narrative, first of all, they have to go to Jesus and say, I, I can't, I can't speak any good about myself because I don't believe there is any good about me. Can you give me a new narrative? And of course he does. The, so this summer I, uh, we have a life group that, and we talk about it frequently on the show. We have a life group on, on, on Thursdays that we get together. It's a group of men, uh, anywhere from 10 to 40 people show up. Mm -hmm. Uh, but this summer we started the group. The topic was we're going to, uh, Memorial weekend. We, we got together that Thursday before and said, what is something that you're going to do over the course of the next three months, uh, that will significantly change how you are in the kingdom and your Jesus journey. Um, we will reconvene on the Thursday before, uh, Labor Day and, and talk about, the results. Mine was I will. I wanted to speak uh, positively about myself. I'm not. I, I before that I'm not a positive speaker of myself. I'm a. I can't do that kind of guy. I'm a. Yeah, but someone else is more qualified. Kind of guy. I'm a. But no one wants to hear what I have to say. Kind of guy. And so I kept. I over the summer I spoke life into myself. Say no. You know. And there were just small things like no. You're a good dad. You're a good dad. You're. you're this is, this is, you're doing fine. We, can we do better? Sure. But you're a good dad. Yeah. You're a good husband. Yeah. You know, you can, no, you were a leader. And I'll tell you what, at the end of the summer, I, I was a sh much stronger leader. I was a much stronger dad. I was a much stronger husband, friend. I was, I, it's, it, it, it changed my outlook and attitude on my life by just speaking positive thoughts over me. Right, and it was it was it was it's, it was a foreign subject to me because I, I'm I just one of those people that uh, I I don't know if it was how I was up brought yeah. or, or what. Yeah, it's a, probably the daddy thing with you, like it was me. But here's the thing: that's why when we speak the words of God over our lives and we begin to believe those words, that's who we become. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus said in this article under condemned to despair. The writer says this: ungratefulness makes others give up being kind to them. So ungrateful people end up trapped in the trap they have set. When they stop receiving help, they will think that the world is hostile, but they've created, ungrateful people have created their own trap to be trapped in a place mm. that nobody wants to be around them except them. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, it's our, our, that's condemned. Our perception Self -condemnation. Of, our, of ourselves is our reality of ourselves. And Paul said in, in Romans uh, don't in, in chapter eight, uh, there's no, there's no condemnation here, man. If you're in Jesus, he has wiped away all that. Now you have to reprogram that narrative. I read an interesting article this morning, uh, uh, that magenta is not really a color. Uh, it's a color that actually doesn't exist. Mm. Now, now it's a color that you, all of us as humans see it. But our brain is actually processing the color similarly but different because of uh, the two hues that make to build the color magenta. Mm -hmm. We can neither process it one way or the other, so our brain spits out the color magenta. And and so with that, it's it's that if we are we don't we all of us we're, we're, what we see. Our brain is thinking a certain thing, and mm -hmm. it, it might not mm -hmm. be right. Might mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Other parts of the world, and this this was the interesting part of the study. The other parts of the world define that color differently based geographically where they are mm -hmm. and what the words are for the colors that That's they're really trying to, to see. That's so it's like our perception 
we are perceiving magenta, but it actually doesn't exist in mm-hmm. our brain because mm-hmm. our brain's just like uh, uh, orange, red, orange, yeah, orange, yeah. Orange, 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 magenta. Yeah. You know, and so it was an interesting uh, study about how our brains, what whatever it thinks, it's going to spit that out, and it doesn't actually necessarily mean it's real. The the article yeah. went on to say that we we as humans don't all perceive colors the same. I will insert this about spiritual warfare on this, this idea and this concept of condemned to despair. The enemy wants us to believe that we're condemned to despair so that in his, in his secret shadow away from the light, he can convince us to believe the deception and the lie that he has. Now, if you just think that he wants to distract you from God, you are totally wrong. That is just the threshold of the door. The enemy wants to take you to a place where you are so entangled by your self-induced belief system and your self-induced narrative that he can trap you and withhold you mm. from for all eternity. Mm. That's That's the danger. And people think, wait, just being ungrateful. No, yeah, being ungrateful. Being unthankful, it will open a door for you to be dissatisfied. And I believe one of the things, dissatisfaction turns into distraction, and distraction turns into disturbed. Your, Your world is disturbed, and then being disturbed turns into destruction. Mm you get you can get destroyed i've i've seen people for the majority of their life in my family who have been ungrateful and they have paid a severe price in their physical body and their mind yeah number 5 is is just that worse health worse health yeah. ungrateful people have bad health and the reason that, the reason they have bad health is because of bitterness when I so I, I I work out frequently. I like I like to run, though my legs, and by legs I mean like my knees and my ankles don't allow it sometimes because it's you know I'm forty and I like to run. I've run a lot in my life, and that that's what happens. I wasn't built with a with a runner's body per se. And I have a we have a good friend here at the church, Eric. Uh, he plays bass guitar in the band. He runs like nine miles at a clip, and he does that like five times a week. I can't run. My body shuts off at about mile and a half. Mile and a half, my body's like, we're gonna hurt tomorrow. You gotta stop. But I love doing it. And I'll tell you this: when I when I wake up and say today's gonna be a beautiful day, you know, like where I have that attitude of gratitude, checking the limits box here, uh, my workouts are better. Like like this morning, I realized I was I was in meditation this morning as I was, as I was running. I just kept my eyes down, and I was in prayer, asking God for uh, insight on a situation I'm handling. And I looked up and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just, I, I just clipped a mile and I'm, I'm not winded. Other days where I've, I guess, self-indulged problems on my mind, the world's problems. Um, I'll get a half mile and I like, oh, jeez, yeah. I ain't half that anxiety. I ain't barely thing. halfway there. Did you know that part of this study that the, the uh, psychology spot recorded was that people who spend a moment and I think you do this in, in your daily regimen that they spend a moment at the end of the day being grat- mm-hmm. gracious about yeah. or uh, gratified, uh, giving gratitude to God, being, being thankful for the day, even though it didn't turn out perfect, but, but they're thankful that they actually sleep better and they wake up Oh yeah, better. They wake up more. Yeah. I went, I went to sleep. Hmm. Yeah, I'm thankful. Yeah, and you wake up. Hey, another day. Like I, man, like as we say that, like like I sleep decent. Like I sleep pretty soundly. Uh, I actually am one of the people that I really enjoy dreams. Some people like I enjoy. I, enjoy, I love dreams. I enjoy nightmare for every now and again because a because I I think that part of me growing up watching the stuff I did on TV, like I like, I like adventures. Mm-hmm. I like stories. I like, uh, I like the Goonies. I like Indiana Jones. I like, yeah. <laughs> like movies like that. Yeah. And sometimes what you deem a nightmare is like, Oh, that was like a screenplay. Yeah. Like I just watched a TV show. Yeah. Uh, I never really get scared from quote nightmares, yeah. but I'm a dreamer. I like dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I enjoy nights when I dream. Uh, 
But when I wake up in those days where like you kick up the covers and you're like, I got to get at it. Mm-hmm. Today's good. That yeah. Monday was one of those days for me. I got up and I was like, let's go, let's go. And I kept, I got, I came here at the church and I was open the door, literally screaming in the hallways, let's go, let's yeah. go. Yeah. It, Cause this week's going to be a good week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. I, 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 I just feel better. I feel healthier mm-hmm. that, and I think there, I, I know there's a correlation between a, 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 that attitude that of gratitude of, yeah. of, I don't need more than I have. Cause I got all I need. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, too, just sitting here, just, just thinking about that since I've been back from, from Europe. Um, I don't know if the UK is really Europe, but it's, I think it's it is. Here, yeah. Yeah, I think it's continent. Uh, after after I got after I got reacclimated because there's a six or seven hour time difference depending on where you were. Um, which, by the way, just as a like total message bubble pop in my mind, the airport in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! Was it nice or dirty? Oh my god! Well, the part I was in was super nice. Like imagine every store in downtown London being mm-hmm. inside a terminal. Yeah, it was that. I uh, I've never been to Europe. Is it yeah. any? Is it anything like that Liam Neeson movie Taken? Yeah, there's a lot of trash. The, part <laughs> of Europe's just crap, man. I mean, it's just dirty. But if you were five or six hundred years old and you're you've got the same cobblestone streets from oh gosh, a thousand years ago, yeah, you're going to be dirty. Nonetheless, bro, bro, straight up, and this is a side thing. Straight up, our my door it, at my house. We just replaced it. It's expensive to replace yeah, the door. Is. Like it's like yeah. eight thousand dollars to replace yeah. the door, but it's very English. Yeah. It's, it's 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 called uh, I think yeah London Red. Yeah, like you it, know what red doors mean, right? No, it means that you're welcome here. Oh well, that's that's yeah. sure that now we'll play off that. Yeah, but we never have people over. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I popped into my mind. I'll tell you after the broadcast. <laughs> But nonetheless, hey, well, anyway, as I continue, it's look at the white frame around. It's very London esque. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Why did I start talking about that? Uh, you you said it was a side note, <laughs> but one of the things uh, since I've been back is I've noticed that um, I, I used to be anxious going to bed about the stuff I've got to do the next day because I feel this this intrinsic self induced pressure. Yeah, like to get all of this done, like. But then I started waking up, oddly enough, between 4.20, and I don't know why it's this, and 4.38 since I've been back. 4.20 and 4.38. I have no idea why. But I'm awake at that time, so I read, I do whatever, and then get up rolling, and then I hit the exchange at 7 o'clock in the morning. I just, I'm there when the doors open, go to my little corner and start doing my deal. I hear you have a couple offices there. I do. Absolutely. <laughs> got offices all over to pier <laughs> you're, you're a multiple location one one downtown on broadway and a couple others here and there but nonetheless um i don't know what it is but there's there's sort of an excitement now because part of it is i'm not allowed i'm not letting little things become big things it's like putting the big rocks in the jar first mm-hmm. and and one of the things that i concluded on this trip it's a journey from my sabbatical to this trip, it was like when you get away, your mind does different things. But I've, I've, I now know the one thing that I do in my life. I just have different, different uh, mediums to do it in and through now. But the one thing that I do in my life now, three words: I make disciples. Make disciples. So I, I, I make disciples. I make disciples. I make disciples. Okay. Yeah. So I do it through father seekers. I yeah. do it through. Uh, being pastor of discipleship here, I do it through Optavia. Like that's all I do. Yeah. And when I when I fine tuned it to that, and then instead of having these three big boulders hung around my neck, now I use those boulders. What were boulders is doorways to do what God's called me to do. Mm. Just simplified, man. I, I just like that. I've been on this simplicity thing since sabbatical, and it's like. When you get to a place where you know the one thing God wants you to do and you start doing it, it's like all the stress and pressure, all the emotional, 80% of it anyway, emotional mental fog just dissipates because you know, wait a minute, am I doing, what's my business? Am I doing business? Mm, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It, I'll, I'll say that of the most frequent prayer I pray, uh, 
throughout the day, and I do it every day. I can't remember a day I haven't. Um, the most frequent prayer is me simply just closing my eyes, thinking of Jesus and saying thank you. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I do that and mean it when I do it, um, the more the world isn't distracting. Mm-hmm. That's for the litmus test. That article I deem passed. Yeah, in, in the attitude good. of gratitude. It's good. Yeah, attitude of gratitude. It's really good. Awesome. This 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 was a good episode. This is a one off, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's a one off. I you know. Bro, we went an hour and five minutes. Yeah. Holy cow. That's I'll give record. it an hour four and 45 because I think the first 10 seconds I didn't press record. Oh. But yeah, by the end of this, it'll be an hour five. There for we sure. go. So uh, what do we have for next week? Next Assuming week. you don't go to London. Next week. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do a one-off and I've got several things I'm bouncing around and I just haven't settled on one yet, but it, it's going to be similar. What I'm, Yeah. All right, no, no. Just listen. You, no cat, you just put a cat in a bag. You just haven't opened the no, bag. I haven't the opened the bag yet. Okay. Yeah. You're just going to keep that cat I'm in the bag keep for that a while. Cat in the bag. All right. I hope you guys, as listeners, enjoyed uh, this episode of the Father Shakers podcast. Uh, if the two week break proved anything, is that you should subscribe to the podcast because we may un- un- uh, unannounced take two weeks off because. Barry has to go to London and do like work. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast by subscribing. You know, when we drop new episodes, uh, you can write and re- uh, write a review on whatever podcasting uh, service you're listening to us on, which would be beneficial to us because uh, if it's, if it's a bad review, uh, we'll delete it. But if it's a good one, then we have good reviews. So, uh, Hey, you know, I think a cool thing too, if you have a, a bucket list item, uh, email Barry, yeah. email Barry, your yeah. bucket list vacation. Mine, of course, is go to Magello for yeah. a MotoGP race and eat some pasta in the Tuscan Hills of Italy. If you have one, that'd be great. Barry at fatherseekers.org. Uh, uh, other than that, I think this is a good episode. Keith at fatherseekers.org. Yeah, yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> I think it's a good episode. Hey, we can't wait to, uh, to, to talk again next week, Barry. Yep, see you then. All right.